Welcome to Finding Food and Fitness Freedom, the Empowered RX podcast that is dedicated to helping women achieve deep health and empowerment. Together with our team of experts, we are going to lead you on a journey of true transformation. It's time to break free from the clutches of diet culture and disordered eating to embrace a sustainable path to wellness. Our mission is to empower you with knowledge and support as we navigate this adventure together. With the strength of community and the guidance of our mentors, we'll debunk myths, challenge norms, and re-educate about what it truly means to be healthy. And yes, we're passionate about weightlifting. It's not just about physical gains, it's about building inner strength and confidence that radiates in all aspects of life. So let's embrace science-backed approaches and leave behind the quick fix mindset. This is about fostering a positive relationship with food, fitness, and ourselves. So if you're ready to embark on a journey of growth and self-discovery, hit that subscribe button and make sure to follow along on all of our episodes. Together, we'll find the freedom that comes from living a balanced and empowered life. Thank you for joining us on Finding Food and Fitness Freedom. Stay humble, stay curious, and remember, true health is within your reach. Welcome back to Empowered RX. I am your host, Leah, and today I'm here with an amazing human being who is one of my favorite people. Her name is Jackie. She is a client, a recovery warrior, and she has become a dear friend of mine. Jackie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. We are going to just kick this off by allowing you to introduce yourself. I cannot do you justice. You are so many things and you have so many amazing talents and attributes. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off for us? Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'm a dog mom. I have a boy named Kai Bear. He is a service dog and helps me every day through daily tasks. Um, I work as a behavioral technician with elementary schoolers meaning I work with kiddos with severe disabilities and helping implementing IEPs. Um, I've been in solid eating disorder recovery for about a year and self-harm recovery three years. Um, I release stress by doing arts and using alone time. Um, yeah, and I recently just got my own place so I've been loving living alone and having my own place to decorate. It's awesome. And you and you mentioned one year of solid recovery and three years self-harm free, which I want to just take a moment to celebrate. We are actually coming up on that very anniversary. What what day exactly is that? Um, self-harm is September 9th. Okay, amazing. So this will be coming out like around that time. And that is something I am so proud of you for any of our listeners. If you've gone through any sort of lived experiences related to that, you might have an idea of maybe what it takes. If not, Jackie's going to open up and share a little bit about all that she's overcome and, and what it's taken to get to this point. She, she mentioned a couple of things in our casual conversation prior to this that I think are really important to, to stress. It's the three things I asked her to really highlight her life with if she wanted readers to take something away and and I think Jackie I want to give you the the platform to say them because I think you you said them really well 
that recovery and freedom is possible for anybody. Yeah. Um, no matter how much time you've been sick or working at your battle, you are worthy of recovery. Um, everybody's process looks different at their worst and their best. So guys, these three points are so important. Jackie is an amazing, hardworking individual. Her journey is unique, just like she is. And we recognize that everybody listening to this might be on a different path or point in their recovery. And that's okay. You are worthy no matter what. This is just Jackie's story. And with that being said, I'm going to allow Jackie to just kind of dive in. And we're going to go back to the origin of where it all began. So Jackie, do you want to tell us a little bit about your childhood and, and everything like that? And maybe where that took you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up in a big, beautiful house with my mom and six siblings. And yeah, we had fun. I have a twin brother. We spent lots of time outside. Um, Mental health wasn't really a topic talked about, though it was something that me and many of my other family members had been struggling with. It was kind of just like brushed under the rug. Um, So I lived with my mom until about 14, until my mom openly started struggling with addiction and we ended up moving into a foster family. So I was no longer with my biological siblings, but ended up being with a phenomenal group of girls. And one of them is actually my best friends now. Um, there, my mental health struggles started opening up a lot more, though they didn't 100% know how to cope with them. Neither did I because it was all so new. So, Jackie, that obviously sounds like a lot of stress for a child to experience. When you were 14, you you mentioned that you you left and went to a foster family. And, and tell us what that was like. What was that, that change like for you? Yeah, it was confusing and stressful. Um, I wasn't 100% sure what was going on, nor did I have peers that were really ex- or peers that I knew that were experiencing the same thing so I felt pretty alone mm-hmm. but I had a great support system through DCF for a short while though my caseworkers through DCF were always changing which is hard and challenging being part of the system but I had a great support system outside of DCF meaning my treatment team and being in school um DCF has a lot of pros and cons. They support you with college and school and insurance, but they also don't understand that every child is different and their needs are different. And yeah, I think it's hard for them to connect on a personal level because they're so overworked. So it's hard to have that connection with people that are making decisions for you. That sounds really, really stressful. So not only are you like in your developmental years as a young teen, you're not sure what's really going on, but you have these supports coming in and out of like a revolving door that are changing and they're the ones making decisions without knowing you really well. That sounds extremely stressful and scary. How did you cope with the stress and the scary and the unknown? Um. So for a while, my hope coping mechanism was my eating disorder and self-harm. 
it like progressively would get worse because I felt like it was never like bad enough or people around me like thought it was attention seeking because it wasn't worse. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I like, no, this is, why we talk, yeah, this is why we talk through it. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I was struggling with my eating disorder and self-harm and it was taken from others point of view as attention seeking which unfortunately just or fortunately is not the case at all um people just don't understand that it is a coping mechanism yeah so it sounds like you were feeling misunderstood in addition to isolated and and lonely and and all of that so not only were you being labeled, but there was a stigma surrounding your mental health and you weren't getting the the resources or the support that you needed. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I'm, I feel so fortunate to be sitting here with you. And I'm so glad that you were able to get help. Um, having an amazing treatment team is something that we can only hope for for our clients. You want to tell us a little bit about your treatment team? So I've had a phenomenal doctor, Dr. Powell. She's the best. Um, she's the best. If you're lucky enough to work with her, you're amazing, Dr. Powell. <laughs> um, but I've been working with Dr. Powell for about five years, and she's been like the number one on my treatment team. She's been overly consistent with me. Yeah, she knows all the ins and outs of what I need better then I know what I need sometimes. Yeah, she's a, she's an amazing human being. We're looking for a supportive, empathetic, kind, compassionate doctor. Dr. Powell is the best of the best. And what impact did that have on you having a doctor who understood you and took the time to care? It helped me over time understand that my body was never the problem and never will be the problem. But it also helped me know that people care even if they are outside of your family and that treatment providers can be consistent yeah yeah thank you for sharing that so so jackie you experienced this kind of shifting environment you experienced mental health struggles and where did it take you from there um, from there, I was in and out of treatment programs, which would help for a while. And then things would start to kind of come back up. Um, and then after high school, I kind of felt like I was in a good place. So started to step away from treatment a little bit more and decided to travel to Hawaii for school, which was amazing. I met phenomenal people. I did things outside of my comfort zone. And yeah, I just grew as a person. But unfortunately, struggles came up again that I hadn't fully worked through or fully dealt how to handle. So I ended up coming back home and reaching back out to my support system. And that's when I found Empowered. And that's honestly when I went back to treatment. I knew that, or I found out that treatment wasn't something that I was personally going to be able to stop. So it was something that I figured out how to put into my schedule and something figured out how to like 
I don't know, put into my schedule and manage daily and weekly. Yeah, I found a horse farm that was a therapeutic animal farm that I would go to weekly that also helped me just like connect outside of people and find nature as healing gratitude. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, you jump right into Empowered. We're, we're not going there yet. Uh, we'll get to Empowered in a little bit, but I want to hear more about you know, you, you went through the foster system, you went to college in Hawaii, where I know you got Kai as well. Tell us about Hawaii. Tell us more about what it was like to be on your own and kind of seeking that adventure, new experiences. So the new adventures were phenomenal. I was going surfing. I was always outside. I was with new friends. I just didn't have my medications that I needed or all of my supports. And you found, you found Kai. Tell us, tell us that story. It makes me cry every time. Yeah. I found my sweet Kai boy. So I was actually supposed to get a golden retriever service dog and things just did not work out. Thankfully they didn't. Um, So as I was finding out that things weren't going to work out with that dog that I had planned to get I was going to humane societies in um Hawaii and I ended up coming across Kai who was hit by a car and was a stray in the heat of Hawaii which I can't even imagine my sweet boy being out there but I found him and his eyes and his sweet energy pity energy just connected with me and I could not leave him there. So for about a week and a half, I went and visited him until I decided to bring him back to my dorm. Unsure if they would be okay that he was a pit bull, but I knew I would make it work because that's just the kind of person I am. I will fight the challenge if I think it will have a good outcome. And it surely did. He is now a service dog who comes most places with me. He's around kids all the time. He has the best temper. And I could not imagine having another dog. Oh, I'm getting all teary out over here. Kai is one of the cutest, most sweet boys I've ever met. Um, he gets along great with my dog, Ollie. They play together. They they spoon together. It's so cute. <laughs> Um, we we joke that they're the empowered mascots. We still got to get them little t-shirts at some point. Um, but I love that you have Kai. And I think that I've only known you when you've had Kai, but I see how much he helps you and, and cares about you. And he's always there for you. So I'm so glad you have that support. How does he help you around the house and with stress and things like that? So his main task is called deep pressure therapy. So it's kind of just like laying on you. Kind of how they say weighted blankets can help, like, de-stress. Yeah. He's kind of a live weighted blanket. With kisses. So there's, oh, yeah, with lots of kisses. <laughs> he also gives the best hugs. So if I tap my chest, he'll come up and give me a hug. Um, he's also just good about getting me out of the house when needed. Like, he knows when he needs to go sit at the door and get us out. Um, or his best trick is barking at strange guys on the street (laughs) that (laughs) sense I'm uncomfortable with. 
So he's so intuitive. He senses when you're uncomfortable and he is very protective of you. Um, and I love that you have that safety there. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you talked about treatment being in and out of it. What kind of treatment did you try? What was your experience with it? Um, in case any of our listeners are considering treatment or, or uninformed. Yeah. So I've tried different residential and partialization programs, as well as a few inpatient programs. But um, I think the reason why I was in and out of them for quite a bit was because we weren't really sure exactly what I needed. And I was being sent there almost for punishment. And when I was living in my foster home, like I said before, they didn't 100% understand mental health struggles. So they would send me to programs that weren't equipped to handling things that I was struggling with, or just like levels of care that I wasn't needing. So that put a pause and struggle into my recovery. But then as I got older, I was able to advocate for myself a little bit more. And I ended up trying a residential and then discharging into a partial program, which was helpful for me because I was finally consistent with it. And instead of just leaving the higher level of care, I like stuck with the lower levels as well. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. So getting the appropriate level of care is really, really important in long-term success. And it sounds like the people that didn't understand maybe what you're going through that you were living, living with maybe like made you feel some shame surrounding what was going on. Is that an accurate depiction? Yeah, definitely. I felt embarrassed for not being understood. And I felt like I was an outcast and almost like I shouldn't have been having these problems or dealing with these problems almost. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Um, that is so invalidating and you deserve to feel loved, cared for and understood always. So I'm so sad that that happened to you in knowing this strong, amazing human being you are now. I, I just can't imagine everything that you've been through to, to get to this point. And I hope you know how much we see like all the work that you've done on your journey. And even in the short time I've known you, I've seen you grow tremendously. Why don't we talk about the short time that I've, I've known you, you've been enrolled and empowered for, I believe a year. So tell us a little bit about your journey over the past year. I know it's been hectic, crazy, awesome, amazing, lots of different stuff going on. I'm sure this will be a little all over the place just because of of how life is. But tell us a little bit about your past year. The last year, I have been a client at a therapeutic horse farm and recently transitioned into volunteering with that horse farm. I was living in an interesting living situation that I'm forever grateful for earlier in the year and have recently in the last five months gotten my own place and am living with my sister that I love and am grateful that Kai and I have our own space. I've found the joy for exercise and weightlifting Um, I truly never knew that that was possible for me. It was 
always part of my eating disorder and I didn't know how to do it in a healthy manner. So I'm grateful for finding that throughout this year and having support around that. Let's talk about weightlifting a little bit. Um, I love watching you weightlift. And I, I remember the first time we like went through some of the lifts with the barbell. Um, so, so for those of you who are listening, who maybe who aren't aware as much when we have anxiety, or maybe we have a history of trauma, we can find that our nervous system can be overloaded, or we have something called disembodiment, where we kind of disconnect our mind from our body and have a hard time orienting in space. And coming in for the first time, I do remember you were quite anxious. And um, I feel like you got frustrated with yourself for the movements and, and things like that. But once we explained to you that that was like totally expected and, and normal, you seem to um, relax a little more into it and trust the process. Tell us about the process and, and what you like. Tell us about your, your journey with Empowered. Yeah. Yeah. So I also remember at the beginning being overly frustrated it was almost like I didn't know how to be connected and in tuned with my body. So when I was being shown how to do a certain lift, it was like I didn't even know how to begin to think about where my body needed to be in space and stuff. Um, but it was definitely definitely helpful to know that that is a normal response to trauma and weightlifting and moving your body. Once you acclimated to the movements and, and started like getting stronger, what was that like? Um, yeah, once I started getting stronger, it was empowering and motivating because it's actually kind of crazy how fast, if you're fueling your body, how fast, your strength builds and your form improves. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty that. I remember first starting the front squat. My my arms would not come into the front rack position for the life of me. Like I just could not do it. And now it's like the first thing that I think of every time I go to do front squats because it's crazy how far up I can get my front rack position. Yeah, you your mobility has completely changed. Your strength has changed. The the thing I love watching the most is how much your confidence has changed. Like, uh, so Jackie entered her first weightlifting competition this spring, and she stuck on the stage. If you were nervous, I couldn't tell. You look confident. You look strong, and you did the thing. And now you have another one coming up in October. Talk to me a little bit about. I know we've talked about weightlifting and getting stronger, but what has the Empowered community, what else have, about it have you experienced that's maybe benefited your recovery? Um, I think the number one thing that's benefited my recovery, well, two things, I guess, is the constant support and community that is with Empowered. And then also just, um, having the reinsurance that, this support system will be consistent because I, I don't know. I feel like when you start treatment programs specifically, it's not a consistent thing. It's a few week thing and you meet amazing people and it's helpful. But then like, what do you do a few months after that when like you're still doing okay, but thoughts and struggles are kind of coming up. So it's nice to always have, groups that I can go to and people I can talk to that understand it. 
Yeah. What if, if you're not sure about empowered or what we do, we're a recovery community that focuses on empowerment, weightlifting, mindset, and nutrition, but the magic is in the community and our support doesn't go anywhere. So we're not through insurance. Um, we are not going to tell somebody that they can't stay unless they do need higher levels of care. Obviously we would want them to get the care they deserve and that is appropriate, but we're not telling anybody, Hey, get out. You're too recovered or, Hey, you don't belong here. You're able to stay as long as you want. And we build lifelong friendships, I think out of it. And what I will say is that a lot of communities can focus on being sick and can keep us feeling sick or stuck. Our whole motto is post-traumatic growth. And so our focus is on not necessarily on being sick, but on creating our, our best life and our strongest life ever. So I just wanna make it clear, we're not trying to set people up for a, a lifelong sickness here. We are trying to set people up to have so much more in their life than just their eating disorder that they can focus on and have a good time and get that support with. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Jackie, tell us a little bit about what has changed for you in the past. Like if you look at yourself from two years ago to now, what has changed the most? My confidence, I think. Being able to do things that I want to do or just feeling comfortable with who I am and yeah, I um in the last six months, especially, I've seen you break out of your comfort zone so much. In fact, today I got a selfie from you with a fresh new haircut <laughs> and you were like, fun change, taking a risk here. And it looks awesome. I love it. Um, but you've also made bigger changes and bigger comfort zone jumps and things like that. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you've done outside of your comfort zone for your recovery that have helped you reach new new heights. Asking for help definitely when needed. I think sometimes there's a stigma of like once you get to a certain point or once you've been at recovery for a certain amount of time that maybe you don't need to ask for help as much, but that's not true. Recovery comes in waves and you're going to have great days and you're going to have hard days and it's okay to ask for help no matter what point of recovery you're at. So, yeah, I think that's been a big growth of mine. Yeah, yeah, asking for help. I think, Jackie, you're one of the, um, you're a reliable, consistent, and supportive individual. You're a pillar and a, a leader in our community. All the young girls look up to you, and you have a quiet strength about you. So it's not that you're super loud or super in people's face about recovery, but you you um, lead in action, which I think is is really important. Do you ever feel motivated to keep recovering because of all the eyes that maybe are on you in the community? Yes. And that's an interesting question. I feel like yes, but also it's almost like I want to keep recovering for all the eyes on me, but I also want to keep recovering because my eyes are on me right now too. Like I feel like I haven't really cared enough about myself in the past. And now it's like, I know that I'm number one for myself and I can't do the things that I want to do if I'm not choosing recovery for myself. I'm going to cry. 
Um, and that people is exactly the place that we hope everyone is able to reach is a place of self-love and self-respect. Now, self-love and self-respect doesn't mean that we wake up every day and are super jazzed about everything we see in the mirror or super jazzed about everything about us, but it means that we are choosing health, integrity, and self-respect in mind, body, and action. And Jackie, you have done that every single day in some way, shape, or form. So I'm really, really proud of you. I know Dr. Powell is tremendously proud of you. I can't speak for your other providers, but I do know Dr. Powell and I are so amazed at your strength and your resilience and in just hearing your story. Why don't you share a little bit more about what messaging you would send to any young girls, maybe in the foster system that are struggling with mental health right now? What, what advice can you give them? Um, speak up for yourself because the system is broken, unfortunately, but if there's enough people speaking for what they need, the system will change and you will get what you need. You might need to ask multiple times and you're going to need to continue to advocate for yourself, but it 1000% is worth it. Use the resources that DCF has and the mental health system has through DCF because as much as they don't advertise it or speak much about it, there is a support system out there and there are things that you can use to help yourself. So definitely reach out and also find finding supports that or peers that are also going through similar things, I think is helpful so that you don't feel as alone in the process. That's so helpful for everybody to know. And I think everything you're saying here goes back to those three points. You said that freedom and recovery is possible. No matter how much time you've been fighting for something, you're worthy and not to give up. And that everyone has their own process, their best, their worst. It looks different. And that kind of goes along with the whole idea that healing is not linear. So as somebody who's been in and out of treatment, who's had lapses, and, you know, both of us have experienced so many different ups and downs in our lives with different forms of trauma and things like that. What are some of the most important things you do on a daily basis, like habits that you feel like keep your recovery going? Yeah. Um, getting outside is a big thing for me, just being in nature, not even doing anything specific, but just sitting outside, bringing Kai outside, um, connecting with people that I know understand me and support me to be authentically myself, um, trying something different in like spontaneous I feel like has helped me and maybe not necessarily every day but often just doing things outside of your comfort zone and I don't think a day goes by where we don't hear from you in either the group or in private text no I need some community daily I love yeah you're reaching out community you're leaning on community She's not only reaching out for support, I shouldn't say you're just reaching out for support, you're giving support if as much as you're getting support. It's it's a shared relationship of giving and, and getting support. And I think that that's been important. You do it every day. And I think other people benefit, you benefit. It's awesome to see you just there. If I talk to us a little bit about what about the benefit of 
like having independence. You talk about freedom. That word comes up a lot. What does freedom mean to you? I feel like when I was like younger, I was almost scared to be like an individual or be myself. I don't know. Living with my foster sister, I like looked up to her and like, I don't know. When I looked up to somebody, I feel like I like idolized them and almost like felt like I had to be just like them to be mm. enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And now, yeah, I love seeing you come out of your shell and, and I've loved getting to know Jackie even more in the past six months, I've seen you get out of your shell. So I've seen you do a lot of fun stuff. We've had a lot of fun trips. I've done a lot of fun stuff through Empowered. Um, I can think of some of my favorite memories, but I want you to share some of your favorite 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 times in Empowered. What if what memories come up for you? Favorite times with Empowered. Oh, there's so many. Um, here, I'll list a few. Um, definitely the first weightlifting competition was a memory that will last a lifetime. Um, we had an empowered boat bikini boat day, which was inspiring and super fun. So fun. So, so fun. Um, this was at the beginning of me and Leah's adventures together, but we did goat yoga. Yes, we did. I almost forgot about that. That was so fun. So fun. We're going to have to do that as a group this year. Yeah, we're going to do that again. There's been lots of stuff, lots of stuff. And Jackie, Jackie's a phenomenal artist and she just, she's created logos and, and shirt ideas for us, but she just created one. Um, we won't tell the details, but it's a collaboration project and we're excited about it. Um, it's going to be some, some awesome new swag with her artwork on it, commemorating Donut and Deadlifts Day. Jackie, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, the Donuts and Deadlifts mission, where that came, kind of came from. Okay, my favorite, can we just talk about, I get a donut at least two or three days a week at Rocco's and look forward to deadlifts and donuts all month long. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last Friday of every month, we get together and deadlift, try for PRs, but if it's not a PR day, that's totally fine too. We listen to our bodies and enjoy donuts while we're doing it. And we laugh and have fun as a community. Yeah, it sounds so simple, just donuts and deadlifts, but it's like really, really fun. Everyone gets jazzed up. Some people, everyone comes with their swag, with their donut swag, their donut shorts, everything like that. We have fun. Anyways, we have fun. And as Jackie has been more and more involved, she's come up with a lot of ideas for the group and kind of helping plan stuff. And we've got some loose ideas in the fall that she and I are going to be, be working with. And um, she is, we're announcing this soon, but one of the team captains for the weightlifting team with Empowered. And we are really, really excited for her strong leadership. One of the things that I love about you as a captain is, is that we can lead by example. We can lead in a quiet and humble way, which you are, you tend to be a little more quiet sometimes and a little bit more introverted, but we can still lead like that. You, we don't have to be loud and crazy and, and super well, aggressive to be able to be a good leader. And you're a really good example of that in recovery and beyond. So we're really proud of you. I end this with some of your biggest lessons learned 
in your own recovery? So we started this with messages for other people listening, but what is the most important thing you've learned about yourself in your recovery? Um, for me and my recovery, consistency is the biggest thing. So I feel like I can think I'm doing great for a while and think that that can be a reason that I slow down with thinking about my recovery or slow down with reaching out to supports. But I've learned that that's not the greatest for me and that me thinking about it a little bit every day is what's going to help me get to the best place that I need to be in. Yes. I love that. Consistency is key. And I think you brought up a good point. The nature of an eating disorder ebbs and flows and it can, can create these kind of illusions of, of progress or, or not. And it can kind of trick us into thinking we're doing better than we are. So consistent effort towards recovery and consistent habits is, is a, a great fallback. It's almost going to create a structure that we need to make sure we're we're engaging in those recovery behaviors. So really proud of you. Do you have anything else that you want to say to the crowd before we sign off? I think that's it. Thank you for having me, Leah. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And you guys, if you um, ever want to leave a message for Jackie, you can, and we will pass them on to her. Um, Jackie is an amazing human being. She's covered in her own artwork, tattoos, head to toe, recovery oriented. She's super pro mental health. She's an advocate. She's a dog mom. She's an amazing friend and person. And she just is super passionate about everything she does. So we are so thrilled to have her in our community. And I'm happy to call you my friend. With that, guys, we're going to sign off and we'll see you next episode.